Welcome to the Healthy and Happy Podcast, a workshop-style podcast hosted by yours truly, Julie Brewer. I'm a blogger and holistic nutrition coach on a mission to help women live healthier, happier lives and show up as the strongest, most confident version of themselves. In this podcast, we get real about all things nutrition, fitness, and personal development to help you cut through all the BS and transform your body and most importantly, your life. Sound good? Let's dive in. Hello, it's me. Can you tell I've been listening to the new Adele song nonstop? Yes, I have. Love her. She gets better with age. But we are not here to talk about Adele today. We're actually here to talk about imposter syndrome, which I'm sure at some point Adele has experienced because if you are a human being, every single human on this planet at some time has experienced imposter syndrome. And we're going to get into the details about what that is. But first of all, hello, hi. Julie here. I'm so excited that you're here on this podcast. Welcome to the Healthy and Happy Podcast. The first thing I want to share before we get into today's episode is the fact that I wrote this podcast as a blog post, which is a huge deal because if you've been following me for a long time, you know blogging used to be my main thing. Before the podcast even came about, I've been blogging for probably 10 plus years now, and I hadn't written a blog post in two years. The whole time I was focused on writing my book, Healthy and Happy, Find Food Freedom and Create the Body You Love, which is now available on Amazon, on my website, Barnes & Noble, all those places. I just didn't have it in me. I was writing a damn book, okay? Cut me some slack. But we're back. She wrote a blog post. The blog post is up for you to see along with dozens and dozens. I don't want to say a hundred. I have no idea how many blog posts I've written, but there's a ton of content on my blog. If you want to go check that out, you can go to juliebewert.com slash blog, where you will also find the contents of today's episode about imposter syndrome. And just so you know, my website is the hub for everything I do. So whether you need to find a podcast or a blog post, or you'd like to purchase my book, or you want to sign up for my newsletter, there's so many good little nuggets of information on my website. Go to juliebewer.com. That's where you'll find everything you need. And just so you know, if you hear cars whizzing by in the background, I have my window open. It's a rainy day, super cozy vibes right now. But if you hear any background noise, that's what it is. I don't feel like getting out of my bed and closing my window. So bear with me as we talk about imposter syndrome today. As I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, it's been nearly two years since I've written anything on my blog. And that is partially due to the fact that I was writing a book for two years. It was a two-year process. It's finally out in the world so I can move my attention and focus to other things. But also a large part of it is due to this imposter syndrome that we're going to talk about today. Let's start off by defining what imposter syndrome is. Upon doing research on the topic of imposter syndrome, I actually found two definitions that I absolutely loved. I have linked both of the sources in the blog post, but the first definition is, imposter syndrome is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. It disproportionately affects high-achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. Many question whether they're deserving of accolades. And the second definition I found that I loved is by Karen Farver Humphreys. I'm probably butchering that name. So sorry, Karen. She wrote that the California Institute of Technology Counseling Center, whew, that's a mouthful, defines imposter syndrome as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist even in the face of information that indicates the opposite is true. It is experienced internally as chronic self-doubt and feelings of intellectual fraudulence. 
I loved those two definitions. I felt like they really encompassed what imposter syndrome has felt like for me personally. And I know the term imposter syndrome gets thrown around a lot these days, but I want to share with you how it shows up in my life because maybe you can relate to more specific examples. By the way, can we just take a shot of kombucha every single time I say imposter syndrome? Because we're going to be doped up on probiotics, baby, if that's the case. (laughs) But number one, imposter syndrome causes me to doubt myself and my abilities. The idea that I just need to read one more book, listen to one more podcast, get one more certification, and then I'll be qualified to talk about what I'm talking about. I fail to see all that I've accomplished or I minimize accomplishments. So for example, when somebody says, oh my God, you wrote a book? I'm like, oh, writing a book? Yeah, I mean, it's really not that big of a deal. Even though logically I understand that it is, imposter syndrome tries to convince me that it's not. Another one would be if I'm not showing up as the most ideal version of myself, the highest version, the 2.0 version, like we talk about on here, then I feel like I'm failing myself and you guys and therefore can't show up to create content because I feel out of alignment with what I'm teaching. And last but not least, I'm sure there's many other examples, but when others congratulate me on an accomplishment, I tend to downplay it and say, oh, that just comes naturally to me. I just got lucky. I don't really deserve credit for that. So I'm sure I could come up with 10 more ways imposter syndrome tends to show up in my life, and it may show up different in different ways for you. But in my experience, imposter syndrome ultimately leads to one outcome, self-sabotage. I will link to my podcast episodes about self-sabotage. You know that is a popular topic around here. And to boil imposter syndrome down to its simplest form, I don't show up in the way I want to in this world because I don't feel good enough. Whew, that is vulnerable to say, but when we get to the root, 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 self-limiting belief of this all, it is that. This manifests as me procrastinating, putting off work that's deeply meaningful to me, which is a concept written in one of my favorite books that I talk about all the time, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. In that book, Pressfield claims that the more meaningful something is to our soul, the more resistance we're going to feel about doing it. And if I'm being 100% transparent with you, that's the reason I haven't blogged for so long. It's also, unfortunately, the main reason I don't show up to create this podcast as consistently as I did before. Of course, we can talk about all the obligations I have, how my life has changed. I have a baby. I was writing a book. I have all kinds of other things to take care of, like my clients. And I would be lying if I didn't let you know that part of that was imposter syndrome because we all have the same 24 hours in a day. So when we are not showing up to do the work that's meaningful to us, it's our job to take a closer look as to why. What are the reasons behind why we're not showing up and doing the thing that's important to us? And that's why I'm sitting here. I wrote down this blog post. I'm recording this podcast because I'm sick of waiting until I feel good enough to do work that I know is deeply impactful for both myself and for you. We've talked about that before here too on this podcast, this idea that if we wait for the perfect timing, the perfect time that we feel so good to record a podcast or do the thing we want to do, show up and go to the gym, write the blog post, have the conversation, record the podcast, we're never going to do it. If we let our emotions dictate what we get done, girl, I would literally be laying in bed all day long, just chilling, waiting for inspiration to strike. But sometimes what you need to do is take the first step and then that momentum is what creates more momentum. Kind of like getting on a bike. You gotta pedal a little bit harder at first to get the bike in motion and then it becomes a little bit easier. So I would love to share two distinct times in my life when I have felt imposter syndrome the strongest. 
The first is when I was about a year into my blogging journey. So like I mentioned, I think I've been doing blogging since 2010, maybe even before that. I had created my Health on Julie blog on Tumblr, and at the time I was posting regularly about my newfound love for health and fitness and wellness. I've talked about my story a bunch. You can check out my book, you can listen to the podcast. One of the first episodes is about my story. But you likely know that what started out as an interest in health quickly turned into an obsession, and I actually ended up developing a bad habit of restricting my food and binge eating. Ironically, this was all happening behind the scenes as I was still blogging about healthy eating and working to get my personal training certification. I was training clients in person, I was teaching group exercise classes, I was posting about my healthy meals, and I felt so guilty and shameful because I truly was making those healthy recipes and doing the workouts I was posting. And I really was trying so hard to become the healthiest version of myself. But what people didn't see was the struggle behind the scenes. The fact that I would post about a healthy recipe, I would make that recipe for dinner, and then I would proceed to binge eat in my room secretly afterwards. I eventually shared my struggles on my blog and on this podcast, and that became the catalyst for what I coach people through now, which is how to develop a healthier relationship with food and their body. Sharing and being open and honest about that was such an intoxicating freedom because I could finally share out loud the things that I was struggling with privately for so long. And even better, I realized people could actually relate to my story, that I wasn't so alone in my struggles. And if you're struggling with that too, you are so not alone. I speak with dozens of women every single week that open up and confide in me and feel like they're the only person that's struggling with their issues with food and their body. So just know that if you're listening to this, there are hundreds of thousands of people who have downloaded these episodes because they resonate with this message of struggling with food in their body and wanting to become better and wanting to overcome that so it doesn't define them anymore. So when I tell you you are not alone, that is my promise to you. Let's talk about imposter syndrome most recently, how it has shown up in my life. Interestingly enough, and this is where I'm going to get really vulnerable because I haven't talked about this publicly yet, but imposter syndrome reared its ugly head for me again after I found a lot of unexpected success in this podcast and my book and my coaching business. So it was probably two or three years ago, I had started this podcast, I started working with clients one-on-one, I was selling out my coaching programs, this podcast started to pick up a lot of traction, and it feels weird saying this out loud because I'm automatically comparing myself to others who are way more successful, who have way more downloads, or I wonder and fear that me speaking about the success of this podcast or anything else I'm talking about will be perceived. Like, oh, she's so full of herself. Why is she telling me that her podcast is so successful? Imposter syndrome striking again. But I mean, why is that something we should feel guilty or shameful about? Just because something is successful for me doesn't mean it can't also be successful for you or doesn't mean that you can't find success in other ways. In fact, I think we should all get inspired by each other's success. Anyways, that is a podcast topic for a different day. How we as women are taught to minimize our accomplishments, to feel weird speaking them aloud. Don't even get me started. I'm already getting fired up here. (laughs) We're going to move on to the next point. So as it relates to this podcast, when it was just my mom and my husband listening to my episodes, I honestly felt like I could just be creative. I could talk about whatever. It didn't really matter if any of my episodes sucked because truly no one cared. (laughs) But then as the listenership started to grow, as I started to receive messages from people who are diehard fans of the podcast, who listen to every single one multiple times, and as my podcast downloads surpassed the six-figure mark, And especially as everyone and their mom started creating podcasts, that's when the pressure and imposter syndrome started to creep in. 
let me just let you in on a little bit of behind the scenes of my thoughts, my imposter syndrome thoughts, because maybe you can relate to these. So just picture this next part of the podcast is like a little thought bubble of Julie's brain (laughs) behind the scenes of my brain. Who am I to do this? What if my new episodes aren't as good as my old ones? I've talked so much about whatever topic already. What if I just keep repeating myself? People are going to get so bored. What if I say something wrong? What if people get upset? What if I get canceled? Everyone has a podcast now. What if their podcast is better than mine? Why shouldn't somebody else just go listen to them? Should I even bother recording mine anymore now that this more successful person has a podcast? Is anyone even listening? Does anyone even give a shit? Okay, back to Julie present day, not Julie's thought bubble. (laughs) And I share those with you very honestly and transparently because I want you to know that even though we talk a lot about mindset, reframing self-limiting beliefs on this podcast, these have been self-limiting beliefs that I've had to recognize in myself present day and really, really work to overcome. And one of the steps to overcoming them for me personally is speaking about them aloud so they're not toxic, they're not shameful, they're not creating deep roots into my subconscious. Because the more I talk about it out loud, the more I realize how stupid they are. And I also would love to add that most people, when it comes to imposter syndrome, come from such an honest, genuine place. Like I truly do this podcast, my book, my blog, my coaching from such an honest, genuine desire to help other people. I care so much about you. You who is listening to this podcast, who has potentially purchased my book, who maybe follows me on social media, who maybe has worked with me in person or one-on-one or online. I want you to receive massive value from this podcast and look forward to listening to it. I don't just want to do what everybody else is doing. I want it to be honest and real and vulnerable and so easy for you to walk away from an episode of this podcast with a tangible action step that you can take that week to change your life. Or for you to know and have one little semblance of hope that you're not alone in your struggles. That is my intention. I've had this podcast for four years and I still get messages on a weekly basis about how my podcast has helped someone out of a super dark time or inspired them to take positive action in their life. And these messages truly fill my heart with so much joy. It literally makes me burst at the seams and cry when I read them. It's proof that what I'm doing in this world is making a difference and I literally could not ask for anything else in this world. But what started happening, if I'm being 100% honest, is a few months ago, I would receive messages like this. And whereas I would usually be able to connect to their message deeply and just really feel into it and receive it and receive the gratitude, I actually started to feel somewhat shameful, almost like I didn't believe what they were saying. And I started to feel really bad because I knew I wasn't being as consistent as I wanted to be. And I felt like I was disappointing people and letting them down. So that made me not want to do it even more because then I would show up, but then I'd disappear again and it just didn't feel good. There was such a disconnect between what I knew to be true, which is the fact that I've made hundreds of episodes, hundreds of blog posts for you to reference to be helpful for you, and what I felt in my heart, which was, eh, it really can't be that helpful. Why do you even do this? You have no value to offer. Insert all those thoughts that were just spoken aloud in my thought bubble that you listened to. And it felt like once again, I was living out of alignment, meaning I've uploaded 100 plus podcasts and I even wrote a whole book about living your healthiest, happiest life, but I felt anything but healthy and happy. I was struggling with postpartum anxiety, depression, which I didn't realize at the time, but looking back on it, now that that fog has kind of lifted, I was like, oof, girl, I was going through it and I didn't even realize It felt like I was hiding behind a mask of who others thought I was. Like I had to put on this healthy, happy, positive all the time. You can do it, girl. 2.0 version of yourself persona. 
And I didn't feel like that. I didn't want to be cheerful or joyful. I just felt anxious and depressed, if I'm being honest. And let me be very clear here once again, I would never try to intentionally deceive anyone. Anything I speak about in my book, my podcast, on social media, I genuinely do or have done to become who I am today. But the truth is, is that I often fall short of the expectations that others, mostly myself, have set for me. Because guess what? I'm a freaking human being. Surprise, we're all humans. What's super ironic is that my imposter syndrome came to a head after the release of my book, something I worked so hard over two years of my life, writing the book while pregnant, doing photo shoots while I was seven months and nine months pregnant, giving birth and having edits due that week, going through dozens and dozens of rounds of edits while trying to breastfeed during Leo's nap times while he was sleeping. I worked so hard to write and produce and create this book with my publisher. And it took nearly two years to get this book out into the world in the form that you see it today. Writing a book is something I dreamed of doing since I was a little girl. This was something that I felt had so much writing on it because I was working with an amazing publishing company and I didn't want to let them down. I didn't want to let you guys down. After building up so much anticipation about this book, I wanted you to love it and get so much value and goodness out of it. And I always imagined that I would see this book for the first time and feel so proud of myself that the seven-year-old version of me who was told by my teacher that I was going to be a writer someday would feel these elated feelings of joy and I would feel like I finally made it. Here's what really happened. I received the book in the mail. I opened up the package. I even recorded a video of myself opening it and I was excited for about 25 seconds and then numbness. I felt numb. And it made me so sad because once again, it was this idea and this reminder that it's really not about the end product of whatever we're trying to achieve. It's about who you're becoming in that process. And because I was in such survival mode as I was working on it while pregnant and giving birth to my son and postpartum, I don't know if I really got the chance to enjoy it and fully soak it in and truly enjoy the journey. It was proof to me yet again that it's truly not about the destination. Making X amount of money, publishing the book, going on a health transformation truly is about who you become in the process of working to achieve those goals, like I just said. And it's fleeting. The feelings of success once you've achieved them is a fleeting sense of accomplishment before it's on to the next goal you want to achieve. I wanted to share all of this openly and honestly with you so you know why I've been inconsistent. Not as an excuse, but just to show you the human side of me, the vulnerable thoughts that I've been having that I have felt deeply shameful about, I wanted to get them out into the open because if experience has told me anything, I know that if I'm struggling with something, I am certainly not the only one. So I hope this deeply resonated with you. And I do want to leave you with something helpful, right? I don't want to just be like, okay, I have imposter syndrome. You do too. See ya. <laughs> That's why the last section of this blog post I wrote about imposter syndrome is, so you have imposter syndrome. Now what? Here's a little love note to myself and to you if you need it too. Stop letting your imposter syndrome get in the way of the work you're meant to do in this world. You might feel like a fraud. Show up anyway. Unless, of course, you are actually a fraud and trying to intentionally deceive people. And if that's the case, go home. Spare us the trouble, boo-boo. We don't need you around here. <laughs> but personally, I want to write my blog because I love it. 
not because I have to, not because it's what's expected, not with so much pressure that it needs to be perfect. I want to record this podcast because I freaking love it. I don't want to worry so much about the editing and the perfection and making sure that it's impactful and blah, 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 and just trust that it will be, as I always have done. And I truly just want to go back to the days on social media where you could post a picture of your Skittles with the sepia filter because you freaking felt like it and not worry about metrics and reach and engagement. And you just did it because you love it. I miss doing things I love, so I am choosing to do them again. Radical concept, eh? There's no need to miss them, these things when they're readily available to me right here at my fingertips. The things you love to do might be right at your fingertips too. You just might have to rearrange your schedule, prioritize your priorities, but you deserve that for yourself. All it took for me to sit down and write the blog post that I'm speaking about today after two years of imposter syndrome stopping me from writing on the blog was heading to a coffee shop, changing my environment, sipping my almond milk latte, which you know I love, putting in my headphones, and just allowing myself to write with no filter. I mean, truthfully, even as I'm reading this blog post, I notice there are like five typos, which normally I'd be like, ew, I need to go correct that. Oh my God, just give me the heebie-jeebies. If you didn't know, I was a copywriter and an editor at an advertising agency after I graduated from college. Incorrect spelling really grinds my gears, but I'm trying not to let that perfectionism stop me from doing things, okay? And personally, I love to read things that are unfiltered, unedited, that come straight from somebody's heart. So why wouldn't I write what I love to read? and what I would find the most helpful on someone else's blog. Why don't I just do it that way too? My reminder to myself is that just because I've published a book doesn't mean every piece of content I create or post has to be groundbreaking and revolutionary. It just has to help people. Just like when I started, that was my intention. That still is my intention. And to be frank, writing helps me process too. Recording this podcast helps me process too. There's enough healing to go around for everybody here. (laughs) So here's your permission to click publish before you feel ready. Do something you love just because you love to do it, not for any specific outcome. And show up even when, especially when it feels big and scary, because that likely means it's meaningful to your soul and therefore you have an obligation as a human being on this earth to share your gifts with the world. Or don't. We always have the choice to keep playing small, to keep hiding, You can keep running away from yourself. You can keep running away from what you truly love. You can keep letting imposter syndrome suck the joy from all you love to do because you don't feel good enough or perfect enough to do it. But we all know that's not why you're here. So let's show up. Here's your call to action. Let's show up. Let's do the damn thing. And to imposter syndrome, we say sayonara sucker. You are not ruling anything around here anymore. I can't wait to see what we create now that you and I are back in charge of our lives and we're not letting imposter syndrome drive the car anymore. I love you so much. I hope you felt this one. This one was really vulnerable from my heart. If you did, can you please send me a message and let me know that you listened to it at Healthy Happy Podcast on Instagram. Of course, I love when you guys share these episodes on your stories and tag me so I can show you some love for listening. And I hope to create more for you soon, straight from the heart, straight from the fact that I love to do this. I love to chat with you. And I would love to continue to help us show up as the strongest, most confident version of ourselves. That doesn't always mean that we're happy and joyful. It just means that we lovingly accept all parts of us, even the dark parts, because they're there. So we don't try to shove them down, pretend they don't exist. We work with them. We learn from them. We ask them questions 
so that we can continue to evolve and grow as human beings. That's the purpose here. Cheers to healthiness and happiness. I love you so much and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Hey, do me a favor. If you like this episode, please head to iTunes and leave a review so more people can find the podcast. Be sure to tag me on your Instagram story so I can show you some love for listening. See you soon.